Hello, Marvelites, you are listening to Marvel's Pull List for new Marvel Comics on sale April 26, 2023. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Jasmine Estrada. The M stands for Mongoose. Ooh. The type of bike. I don't know if you remember that brand, but... No? They used to have, like, pegs on the back. Unless you want to be the animal. I was also thinking it could stand for Milestones, because this week, not only here... But in This Week in Marvel, we're celebrating 600 episodes. But here, we're celebrating 250 episodes of Marvel's pull list. That's a milestone, Jasmine. Milestone. Not a mongoose. It's definitely not a mongoose. <laughs> it's definitely not a mongoose. 250 episodes, which is really cool. That's a, just under five years of weekly comics hype. How many comics do you think that is? Let's say minimum 15 average. So 15 by 250 is 12 billion. It's a good thing that M and Agent M doesn't stand for math. because Look, my, my days of having <laughs> to think about math are long gone. Uh, minimum 3,750 comics read. Wow. But I would say it's probably more than that. Because it's that's not even counting that. all the comics we read for our reading club. Yeah, or Infinity Comics. Infinity Comics, yeah, add another 10 on each week there. So that's, you know, another 2,500. Boom. So we read thousands and thousands of comics for you because this is the official Marvel podcast for Marvel Comics, where we give you some details and reasons to check out every new comic every week. We'll give you our three personal picks of the week. Tell you, please go check these out. We love these. We want you to check these out first and foremost, but we'll also tell you a bit about every other issue coming out this week. We'll pick a favorite non-spoilery reason for you to check it out and then give an award to it. That award is from a quote pulled from one of this week's releases. We will also run through all the new Infinity Comics hitting Marvel Unlimited each week, some highlights from issues new to MU this week, and some picks for collections on sale this week. On top of that, we are joined by a guest. What are we talking about? We are going to be talking to Martin Cocolo, who is a Marvel Stormbreaker for 2023. And we're going to be talking to him about the first arc of Immortal Hulk titled, Or Is He Both? It covers issues one through five of that run. Um, but we'll get into that when we start talking to him. All right. Let's get into it with our picks of the week. Starting with the first, mine is Clobberin' Time number two. And look, I love this freaking book. It is bananas. It is a Ben Grimm series where he kind of like teams up with other heroes and gets into all kinds of horrible, horrible violence and weird stuff. It is written and drawn by Steve Scross with colors by Brian Valenza and lettering by VCs Joe Sabino. Uh, In this one, we've got Ben going to Krakoa to give a talk, a little symposium. And my favorite thing is it is called a clobber. In Time, An Evening with Ben Grimm. Right off the bat, it is delightful. Uh, We get to see a a packed uh, auditorium ready to see Ben Grimm have a conversation, give a little talk, talk about, you know, his life and his career. Um, There is a a sequence in that which Ben is challenged by the younger Krakoan mutants. And it's an interesting situation, but that gets into uh, Ben and Wolverine clinking some drinks, having a good time, hanging out at the Green Lagoon. There's some action in this. It is wild. There's a this two-page sequence 
where like the top third of each page is this big widescreen action moment. And there's Wolverine with his ribs exposed. It's being wrapped by tentacles and cutting through stuff. It just rules. And we get to see like that sequence and then goes off into Ben trying to figure out, all right, why is this happening? Who do I have to stop? And, uh, the villain is a villain who showed up in the first issue and we get a lot more background about them here, but there's a moment where we both cracked up because the villain is from a different time and place, let's say, and uh, has some motivations based on um, inspiration from the thing and other superheroes, but he's trying to remember Ben's catchphrase. And he's, he, he's like, what is your catchphrase? Here comes the powie. <laughs> Uh, actually, I could I could kind of hear Ben do it. Here comes the Powie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got it. Um, one of the things that we I think we talked about last time was the preview for the next issue, which is this gross image of Ben's like rocky plates being pulled out, and it's so gross. And sometimes the things on the covers don't show up in the book. This happens in the book. It is horrifying. There's a also this big panel of a Kirbyish thing that is in here i just this book just scratches all the right like itches for me it is everything i want up next we got my first pick of the week which is deadpool issue number six i'm pretty sure i picked this last month but i don't care because it's amazing it is written by Alyssa wong with art by javier pina colors by matt mila and letters by vc's josephino also want to quickly shout out that the cover is by martin cocola who we'll be talking with in a minute but Alyssa wong when they came onto the show a few weeks back, they uh, they pretty much talked about how they wanted to write a romance book. Like they they wanted to turn Deadpool into like a bloody rom com, essentially. And this issue does that perfectly. Like this single issue, like I I can't tell you how many times after I read it, I recommended it to friends because I was like friends mm-hmm. who aren't even necessarily big comic book fans, but they just know about Deadpool. And I'm like, you have to read this. Like, if you read any comic book, pick this up. Like, I promise you, you will enjoy every second of it because there's not only just, like, fun, like, hilarity that's ensuing while, you know, Deadpool goes on a date with Valentine, but there's also, like, background stories that are happening parallel to it, one of which is Lady Deathstrike essentially dog-sitting Princess. And it's it's just so silly and so absurd, and it, it is everything you want out of a Deadpool book. It opens up with Deadpool kind of just like romanticizing his relationship with Valentine. And it is so adorable because it just follows all these beats of like a rom-com where it's like, oh my God, I love being in love. Like it may be too early for the L word, but like I'm I'm not a very patient guy. And then he's like, it might come back to bite me in the butt, but I'm an eternal optimist and a romantic. And it's just, it's so funny to see Deadpool kind of just like be that like, optimistic la la land like just character um while he's like at a cafe next to his giant like carnage symbiote child dog um (laughs) just like laying on the side of the table um it's so good there's so many like fun little gags in this issue too like there's a joke about a hype beast that it's literally one panel and i i I like had to dm Alyssa and was like Alyssa, you wrote this for me and only me because this joke is so niche and so silly and so funny and i am have never been more appreciative the cast that of characters that have been you know added to deadpool's uh world just keeps getting like wider and just wackier Mm -hmm. um Alyssa has done such a great job at 
really fleshing out his world as well as giving like new motivations for characters or adding new like scenarios and like circumstances and it's it's truly like a great issue to just get into the, what's going on in the story everything is pretty much explained so it's really like friendly to newcomers um i highly recommend people pick this up also Alyssa being a queer writer adds so much to this book and it's it's subtle enough where it's like if you get it you get it if you don't it doesn't like interrupt your your reading experience but there's mm-hmm. a u-haul joke in here it's like a total lesbian like joke and i it's so funny, but just so true. And I, I died. I laughed so hard reading this. All right. On to Dr. Strange number two. Again, I think I picked Dr. Strange one. One of us picked Dr. Strange one, but you know what? Doesn't matter. It's great. Doesn't matter at all. Cause this book freaking rules. It is written by Jed McKay, art by Pascal Ferry, colors by Matt Hollingsworth and lettering by VCs Corey Pettit. Jed is, Jed is on fire right now. That is truth. From Moon Knight to upcoming Avengers stuff to to much more. But Pasquale Ferry, it's like this issue was crafted in a lab by super alien scientists through Jed specifically for Pasquale Ferry and Matt Hollingsworth to come in and do things that don't feel like they can happen. There's some stuff in this that is so visually wild and impossible but it makes perfect sense this issue most of it takes place in sort of like the nightmare realm dream realms in sort of these dimensions beyond and and to do that properly you have to sort of break away from reality and pasquale has this fluidity to his work you know you can see it even in in like the normal opening scene right where clea stranger's costume has these elements that just sort of like float around and they go in different directions and the way um the energy sort of flows around the magic that they do but once they go into the dream realities it's just like the floodgates open up and i don't i don't know where he's pulling all this from but it is horrifying and beautiful and sometimes so abstract that it breaks you, but you you're not confused by it. I hope that I, that that's clear because it is so such the work of a master storyteller that it can take you to these places where you're just like, what the hell is that, and how do you envision that? But you know, he's probably Pasquale's like, <laughs> just gonna draw this crazy <laughs> thing, you know, blah 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 blah. It it's gorgeous. We get to see really weird, gnarly stuff like. Like Clea and Strange dealing with their own fears and then you get them like back to back fighting their fears in this beautiful panel. And like, it's so good. And then there's just this description of marriage, which I thought was so beautiful and so, so sweet. Two souls finding shelter in one another, each there to assuage the fears of the other, which is I as someone who has been in a marriage for more than a decade that, yeah, you that is one of the the ways that marriage can and and for many should work is like you have to be there for that other person and help them through their fears and their their anxieties and their terrors and their you know the the hardships oh, this book is really good it's really <laughs> really good it is beautiful in so many ways and and it's telling also this long form story where there's mysteries going on and action and adventure and romance highly highly recommend doctor strange 
that is it for our picks of the week. But we still got to talk about the fabulous fresh floppies out this week. But before we do that, we have to talk about the award. Uh, last week's award was the I'm Taking a Break from Poetry Award. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in She-Hulk issue number 12. Quick shout out to Paul Warren, who emailed us this morning uh, and got it first. Yeah. Uh, Paul also is like emailed us again saying my five-year-old was randomly awake at 3 a.m. when I found the quote and he expressed disappointment in me because last time I won the quote hunt, he thought I should have chosen Joe Fixit for my prize. I don't think he has much background knowledge of Fixit, but I guess the cover really grabbed his attention. I have so many questions, Paul. One, what are you doing up at 3 a.m. when you have a five-year-old? Yeah. That I guess that's, that's my main question. I, as someone who cherishes the little bit of sleep that I can find... With a three-year-old, get some more sleep, please, for your own good. Uh, But good job, Paul. Yes. Ryan, it's time to talk about this week's award name. Are you ready to hear it? I am. All right. This week, it's so good. We both picked this, and like it was a no-brainer. Yeah. Uh, But this week's quote of the week and award name is the It Smells Like Gunpowder and Mommy Issues Award. (laughs) So good. Uh, Delightful. Again, if you find this quote, screen cap it and tweet it to at Agent M and at Jasmiest with hashtag Marvel's Pull List or email us at pulllist at marvel.com. If you're the first, I will reach out to you to get you a recent digital comic of your choice. Please mark your messages as okay to read so we can read them here on the show. And if you have a local comic shop, please give us their name and location so we can give them a shout out. Now, I know we give out a digital comics code and I'm sure everybody saw the news recently about the migration of Marvel Comics to uh, digital comics to marvel unlimited app the uh digital redemption codes will remain the same you get your code you go to marvel.com slash redeem boom 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 you get your comic um there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on with that if you don't know what i'm talking about go to marvel.com follow marvel unlimited on twitter get all the information please and if you're not the first to find the quote you still have a way to win um we've teamed up with marvel insider to score some marvel insider points just for listening to this podcast after you listen to the show, make sure you go to marvel.com slash insider and look for the Marvel pull list quote of the week activity. You'll be asked to identify the correct quote of the week from four different choices, which shouldn't be that hard since you listened to this episode already. Um, all you have to do is choose correctly and you'll earn 500 Marvel insider points. All right, let's dish out this award again. The award is it smells like gunpowder and mommy issues. All right, starting things off is Alien number one. Uh, could have been one of my picks of the week. Alien number one. It's the first issue written by Declan Shalvey, which is really good. I'm going to give my It Smells Like Gunpowder and Mommy issues to just the family and corporate shenanigans that are going on in this issue. Like, it feels very much like it is a deep part of the Alien franchise in all the best ways. It, it just it feels like a natural extension of what we know of the films and, and now what we know of the comics. It, it's great. All right, next up, we have Avengers Beyond, issue number two. And I'm going to go ahead and give my It Smells Like Gunpowder and Mommy Issues Award to the Wasp. This is a Wasp-centric issue. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. This is obviously still an Avengers book. But the main, like, tension in this issue, it's just interesting to see a, a conflict that, like, gets brought up because of a villain um, between the Wasp and her friend who has kind of watched her grow from, you know, the fashion empire to the avengers on to betsy braddock captain britain number three there's one moment that 
kind of like was a gut punch that Betsy says to Brian, they're twins, they're siblings. And he's like trying to help her. And she says to him, what I need now is help from someone who knows more than me. And she leaves. And I was like, just melting like, poor Brian. Cause he's, he's not that bad. He's a good guy. He's a good dad. Um, Oh man. Yeah. I, I will say I will give my, it smells like gunpowder and mommy issues award to all the fury stuff in here. They're the furies that come, come back. They are haunting and trying to kill, uh, captain britain and do all kinds of stuff but they are a throwback to the original captain britain stories by alan's moore and davis if you never read those go check those out they're good all right next up we have captain america symbol of truth issue number 12 and i'm gonna give my it smells like gunpowder and mommy issues award to the cell that bucky barnes aka the revolution aka the winter soldier puts ian uh, Captain America's son, aka Nomad, in because it is literally a childhood just like room, and there are like all these like little plushies, and it's just like so funny and so just petty because like, yeah, he had to go the extra mile, right? Like he could just put him in a, like a dark, dank cellar, but he's like, no, I'm gonna decorate it like a little children's room just to just to really mess with him. I'm like, wow, Bucky, you really are evil. Uh, all right, on to Daredevil number ten, which is so good. There's a really neat Kevin Eastman. Richard Isenov variant, uh, Kevin Eastman, one of the co-creators of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which was heavily inspired by Daredevil, which now it's full circle. Wonderful stuff there. Uh, there's, you know, old Chip Zdarsky. He writes some good poetry. Matt's inner monologue can sometimes feel very poetic. There's like where Matt's thinking about Electra's voice in his head, like thunder wherever she is. It's it's really sweet. Um, I this book is like coming to this big explosive head and it's really intense. I will give my it smells like gunpowder and mommy issues to to the brutality of Daredevil versus Spider-Man in this issue. It's it's something like on an emotional and physical level. Next up is Guardians of the Galaxy Bane of Blastar, which is a one shot uh, by Ralph Macchio. Um, and I want to go ahead and as much as I enjoyed the story, I do want to give my It Smells Like Gunpowder and Mommy Issues Award to this amazing like variant cover by Mateus Mehanini. It's just such a like it looks like a movie poster, but also is very like geometric. Like the way he he draws this cover is isn't just like simple. It's It's very clean. It's very like the colors that he uses is very smooth. But then like the backgrounds and like that he that he has and incorporates all these different textures and like geometric like types of shapes Mm. i was staring at this thing for hours like it was just so pretty i want this as a poster it's so cool yeah on to hulk number 14 which is the wrap-up of this run of hulk and uh it is you know written and drawn by ryan otley and it's just i'm gonna give my it smells like gunpowder and mommy issues to just the Titan versus monolith fight, all the stuff that's going on with Titan and the, the trauma and the, the just horrifying aspects to it all. Um, and the, the feeling that like trauma comes back and you have to work at it and, and how that is depicted in our Hulk stories, which is interesting how that'll touch on uh, what we, we touch on later in Immortal Hulk. Yes. Next up, we have Invincible Iron Man issue number five. This could have been a pick of the week for me solely for the first couple of pages of this book because 
it opens and this is what this is what i'm gonna give my it smells like gunpowder and mommy issues award to because it literally opens with both emma frost and tony stark riding horses alongside a beach shore and it is this is all i wanted from this book i didn't like i I saw the cover and i'm like i'm in and then i opened it up and i was like i this is even better than i expected uh but the other stuff i wanted to talk about too is the secrets that are revealed um Mm -hmm. to one mr Feilong, but it changes a lot about the origin story behind some of the howard stark and tony stark relationship um especially if you're a fan of like the matt fraction run jerry just getting messy i love it next up is mary jane and black cat number five the wrap-up to this limited series there's a lot of like really fun stuff in here i will give my it smells like gunpowder and mommy issues to all the stuff between mary jane black cat and sim the demon from limbo in here there's a great friend trio that is very unexpected there's some interesting things in here about the with the ending and especially how that factors into the limbo of it all. Madeline Pryor. Uh, we know that Dark X-Men is a book coming up and Maddie's got a, got some stuff going on in there. Dun, dun, dun. I guess we'll see. All right. Next up, we have Monica Rambeau, Photon, issue number five. This is the last issue of this limited series. And I am so sad to see it go because I do think that this issue landed the plane really well. Um, but all the stuff that it's kind of done to propel monica rambeau and really just solidify how important she is to the marvel universe and like how big of a like heavy hitter she is for the avengers and like there's just so much history here that i think e-viewing unpacks in such a small amount of time but also reestablishes her as like this star for lack of a better word like it's it's such a cool miniseries um but it's just like all these little like small easter eggs that are put in this in this last issue is just amazing and it's a true testament to like how much eve really really loves this character so for that uh i'm giving eve my it smells like gunpowder and mommy issues award all right we got another big finale this week with sins of sinister dominion this is the wrap-up to sins of sinister the big uh storyline that's been going across a number of x titles over the last three months but yeah there's a lot going on here this one there's some wild stuff with like a page of stats and numbers there is uh, the how they finish things up and what that means. So I'm going to give my It Smells Like Gunpowder and Mommy Issues Award to the ending and coming out of this. We get a great sequence with Kitty uh, or Kate Pride meeting uh, a character who comes from the Sins of Sinister sort of future timeline. Some other stuff that's going on. There's big sweeping changes to Krakoa at the end. What's going on with all this? What's happening with the pit? What's all this is going to mean, and then we're leading into before the fall of X very soon. So a lot of like tense, tense stuff coming out of this. All right. Next up, we have Star Wars Darth Vader, Black, White, and Red, issue number one, which is a an anthology of short stories. We have a story written by Jason Aaron, another one by Torn Grumbeck with art by Klaus Janssen and Leonard Kirk. But the one that I want to quickly highlight and give my... Uh, it smells like gunpowder and mommy issues award to is this short story by peach momoko called inescapable and it is weird in all the best ways like it is it feels very obscure to like star wars canon and lore but it's just such a like spooky and like just 
I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's creepy. There's there's elements of it that are really creepy, but it's very much her just flexing and being like, look how weird I can make this and how amazing it is and how beautiful it is. It just it feels very like surrealist, very like it gives me like Salvador Dali type vibes. And like she is just running laps. It's so much fun. It's real good stuff. On to Strange Academy Finals number six could have been one of our picks of the week because things go down. It's a big, gorgeous issue. Shout out to the art team of Umberto Ramos and Edgar Delgado here. They're going to get my It Smells Like Gunpowder and Mommy issues for just crushing it. From the big, epic fights and and, and scenes that we get to see in the, the scope and like the when Dormammu's like, cool i'm done peace see you later like that shot of him is so good to even the really sad quiet things scotty doing great work here it is a really really great full run of issues big big ending and i i like that there's a little tease of of stuff to come next yeah next up we have thor issue number 33 um and so if you've been following some of the stuff that's been going on with thanos in the marvel universe um you know that there are big things to come or potentially big things to come, but uh, I want to give my, I'm going to split my award into, I'm going to split my, it smells like gunpowder and mommy issue awards into two. One, give it to Juan Gideon, who is drawing some of my favorite art. Like it's just so like dense. Like there's a lot going on on a page. There's a lot of like textures and a lot of like coloring going on here by uh, Matt Wilson, who just really makes this pop. But I just like the simplicity of his art a lot and it works really well in this particular issue because there's a lot of monsters and like a lot of weird alien creatures but i also want to give it to torin grunbeck because the reveal at the end of this made me so happy this is just torin just really switching this thing up because like i don't know where this is going and i'm like oh you're not making it easy got Mm -hmm. it uh uh all right on to venom lethal protector to number two uh, there is, there's some cardiac up in here, which is one of my favorite nineties Spidey villains, great costume. There's also like a helicarrier crashing. When are they not crashing? All that kind of stuff. But I will give my, it smells like gunpowder and mommy issues award to venom. He's, uh, I like obviously David Michelini, one of the, you know, people who originated venom. Just he's cheeky and he, he's got some jokes and he's kind of weird and creepy. And I just like his vibe. I like the way he, he like strolls around in this book. All right. Last but not least, we have Wasp issue number four. This is the last issue of this miniseries as well. This book was so good. Could have been a pick of the week for me. Um, but I just want to like congratulate the team on this one because this this short Wasp story made the last couple of pages just feel even better because I think they earned it. Um, and I'm very excited to see what's to come. But I want to go ahead and give my It Smells Like Gunpowder and Mommy Issues uh, award to the the creative way that, like, uh, Nadia Pym takes out Phantasma in this issue. Because, and, and as much as I want to give it to the character, I also want to give it to the creative team because it's it's very smart. And it's, it's written in a way where it's, like, it's very easy to understand. But, like, I cannot imagine what it would have been like to get the script from Al Ewing. Like, if, if I was artist uh, Cassia Nee with, or, or Carol Borelli, like, I don't know what I would have done or how I would have, like, even started mm. to, like, draw this. And, like, mm-hmm. they do such a good job. And they do it in one panel, which I thought was just fascinating. Yeah. All right. Lots and lots of comics this week. We even have collections on sale. 
some really cool stuff in here. Cosmic Ghostwriter by Donnie Cates. Deadpool and Cable Omnibus. Love it. Um, Exterminators by Leah Williams. Like, come on. If that's not on everyone's pull list already, what are you doing? There you go. Well said. You got to have Exterminators. Read it, read it, read it, read it. You flat scans. All right. On to new Infinity Comics on Marvel Unlimited this week. A lot of issues. We've got new issues of X-Men Unlimited, as well as Love Unlimited, Alligator Loki, uh, the finale of the Aranya arc in Spider-Verse Unlimited. We've got a new arc for Avengers Unlimited. It's got Avengers and Guardians, um, which is going to be fun. Marvel's Voices Wave Infinity comic is a one-shot. we got the season finale of Marvel Meow and Pizza Dog. And then we've got an adaptation of Rocket Raccoon and Groot, the Tall Tales Infinity uh comics by scotty young and philippe andrade that's 10 issues of that so many infinity comics for you this week yes and over on marvel unlimited we have a bunch of new digital comics coming to the service including our picks uh from three months ago uh avengers forever issue number 13 punisher number nine and wasp number one so if you're curious about wasp now's the time to pick that up yeah and then filling in some gaps in marvel unlimited is a wild one this week Official Index to the Marvel Universe. We've got 14 issues of that. I love a good handbook, uh, an index thing that's just like chock full of info. The official tarot of the Marvel Universe from 2007. I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited for this. It's very 2007. Get ready for it. Yes. I love it. Um, There's a bunch of random stuff. The first issue and the seventh issue of sleepwalker of sleepwalker <laughs> hell yeah i am so pumped we're finally starting to fill some of these gaps it's wild uh it's great what a time i'm excited if you've been reading uh patsy walker and you're like who's sleepwalker now you can read some sleepwalker yes. that's it for all the new comics this week but we're gonna go ahead and talk to martin cocolo about immortal hulk uh or is he both which is the first collection in the entire run and we're gonna be talking about issues one through five as well as some other goodies. So we'll make sure to drop those in the show notes. All right, Jasmine, the storm is breaking and we are welcoming Martin Cocolo here to the podcast. Hello, Martin. Hey, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Martin, this is so exciting. It took me a minute to realize what you were talking about. Ryan, what what storm? But that's because Martin's a storm breaker. Yes. I just I, I did yeah. not connect it. I was l- giving it to you. I was saying I was lobbing yeah. you the storm breaker. I thought you were gonna be like the green door is open, we're gonna Ooh, walk that's through good. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I was like, there was no storm in this story. Like, did I miss something? I mean, I guess maybe. Um let's get into that first. Martin, um, you know, the the Stormbreakers program, super cool. It's uh it's a, a program where we get to spotlight some of our amazing artists and, and really showcase them as they are are pushing new boundaries for Marvel comics. Uh, what was that call like when, when whomever called you and were like, we want you to be a Marvel Stormbreaker? I mean, it was fantastic. It was amazing. Uh, I, I get to reach more fans with this program and I get to do like very cool side projects and covers and and explore uh, different characters that I've never had the the opportunity to to work on and 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 do homages and stuff like that and it's great. 
Martin, I wanted to talk a little bit about your your career and how you got into comics. But maybe before we do that, I, I'm curious, like, where do comics come into your life? Like, when did you first pick up co- comics? Like, how was that like for you growing up? I was super into visual stuff. Like when I was like super, super young, I, I don't know, like three or four or something like that uh, um i was like super into into cartoons for example if i if i saw like like a tv program with real people i would get absolutely bored and and just i would wait to see cartoons you know i was all about cartoons and cartoons and cartoons and was obsessed with that uh so i started naturally uh, i started to to try and draw the things i i watched uh, on tv what are those early cartoons martin it was like like tom and jerry then when i got a, a little older it was like speed racer he-man uh thundercats silverhawks yeah. all that good stuff yeah so when i learned how to to read i got obsessed about reading everything i could my mother always tells the story that when I first learned how to read, uh, we would go run some errand uh, on the street, and, and it was impossible to to walk with me because she w- she would have to like stop every two minutes because I wanted to read everything uh, <laughs> that that was uh, on the street, like every every sign, every ad. I I, I wanted to read all the time, so. It was natural to to combine my obsession with reading and my obsession with visual stuff. So I, when I discovered uh, comics, like comic strips, that's what the the first thing I started to 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 read. It was just like love at first sight, and I just kept oh. reading from then on. So then, when did your professional career kind of start? I I, I always knew that I wanted to to draw for a living, but I, I wasn't really sure about what I wanted to do. I was, I, I always liked comics, but I was also into fantasy drawing and, and uh, AD&D and all the stuff, you know? So I, I, di- I didn't know if I wanted to, to commit to comics or fantasy illustration or, or stuff like that. So I, I met this artist who was drawing comics for a living and was like, a few steps above me um so i started helping him and he would uh, help me back and just uh, over time i i perfected my my drawing and i decided to to go ahead and and try to to work in comics for a living and so i went from from many publishers and i was like in between projects but i i didn't know exactly what i wanted to take next and it just in that exact time uh i received a, an email from from marvel and they asked me if if i wanted to start working for marvel and i said yeah of course i would love to one of my dreams was drawing at least one marvel story so when i had the opportunity i jumped at it uh, and yeah that that's basically how it started and so far i haven't <laughs> i haven't look, looked back uh, it was like because you mentioned Dungeons and Dragons, and I think about your work, and I think about you know the the issues of the Hulk and and Thor story, the glad you know big fights, and there's sort of like a, a gladiatorial but like you know mystical things, and a lot of your your stories have 
and that's part of the nature of what we do, but characters with bladed weapons and a lot of swords and cool knives and, and, and creature designs and really cool stuff like that. How much has, has Dungeons and Dragons influenced the way you approach your art and, and your sort of like thinking about character design and looks and stuff like that? Uh, actually, a lot. One of the the things that made me pursue a career in, you know, in drawing in general was uh, creature design. I loved it. I, I was like super young. And, and when I discovered the Dungeons and Dragons books, I was like blown away by the illustrations. So I also started to, to draw creatures and, and the, the more horrific, the better. <laughs> and yeah, to 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 this day, I, I've been I I am like a huge fan of of drawing creatures and and monsters and stuff like that. I love that you were talking about monsters and like how the more like crazier and scarier and wilder they are, the better. And like you couldn't have picked a better story to talk about uh, for our reading club this week. <laughs> we're gonna be talking about Immortal Hulk, which is written by Al Ewing with pencils by Joe Bennett. Um, as well as some additional pencil work by Paul Hornishmeyer, uh, Marguerite Savage, and Gary Brown. Um, we have colors by Paul Mount, inks by Rui Jose, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit and Travis Lanham. Yeah, this is... We, we read all the comics every week, but we read them in time, and then there's 20 comics to read every week, and it's hard to go back unless we're, we need to go back for a conversation. So I haven't read any of this since it came out and the the series went for what four years give or take yeah something like four years and so it's relatively still fresh in our minds from a year and change ago the ending but looking back at these first few issues and seeing how much writer Al Ewing was putting right at the beginning that comes to pay off that that falls through the entire series you're just if you look at it now, having read the whole thing, you go back and go, oh, this is someone who is at the top of their game, who Hell knows yeah. exactly <laughs> how to tell a story, how to pace a story, how to pull you on board and how to make you feel rewarded for having followed along. It's so, so good. Was this your first time? Had you just recently read Immortal Hulk for the first time? Yeah. Yeah, actually, um, because I'm. I, I, I'm, I've been working uh, with, with Al recently and I wanted to know more about his work. Uh, I always joke about it's really hard to, to draw comics and read comics. Like uh, mm. I have like zero time. I wake, I wake up at like, like 5 a.m. and I work like from 5 or 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. or something like that. And then the the little spare time I have, I, I dedicate it all to to my daughter who is who is three. Um, oh. I go to to bed and wake up the next day and do all over again. So I, I have a really 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 hard time to uh, uh, trying to to keep up with everything that that's going on and, and and all the books. And I've heard so many times about how great Immortal Hulk was. So when I started working with Al. I was like, yeah, I, I definitely have to, to read it now. And it's great. It's amazing. I'm having a great time reading. It's it's so so dark and so grounded and so allegoric that I, I, I love it. You know, one thing I wanted to I wanna 
start on really is is the cover work because the that first cover by Alex Ross is so good of 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 Hulk rising out of the grave and like you know the the rain and oh yeah I don't even have it open but I can picture it in my head and Alex also did the logo design for the book Alex did the covers for the entire run you can look at these and see how much Alex Ross believed in the the book and the yeah. vibe and the project and it speaks so highly of of how it sort of seals the package as a great piece of art it's a it's a treat it's like a feast for for the eyes the the whole package is amazing that said like uh your deadpool covers are easily some of my favorite covers out there i want to just say this because <laughs> this week issue so number six comes out and it is my pick of the week it is so perfect so and that cover that like is essentially an homage to ghost where deadpool is holding uh is, is doing pottery oh for yeah Valentine, yeah <laughs> yeah of course uh which is just yeah, it's exactly. so perfect and it's like <laughs> when i when i saw the cover it immediately like because it, it, you do a wonderful job at setting the tone for mm-hmm. the books that you work on with your Thank cover you. work. Like, I already, like, I was in it. And I'm like, I know we've talked to Alyssa Wong about, like, the, the stuff they're writing and how they're, you know, they really want to do a romance book. And that cover really just set that tone for me. And then that issue mm-hmm. is just so perfect. And it is literally just a rom-com, <laughs> like, the entire issue through. And I love that cover. Yeah, I, I, I had a lot of fun, a lot of fun with, with Deadpool, actually. It's... It was great uh, when when they first uh, proposed the 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 idea of me doing Deadpool. I was like, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm not like the biggest fan, but uh, it's like super light in tone and and just uh, ju- you just have a great time. It's like uh, uh, it's always like like a constant uh, parody and and and, se- and the self awareness of of all the jokes and uh, uh, everything about comics and comic history and, and the comic industry and and the the concept of a character knowing that it's a character uh, and all the fun you can have with it uh, it's 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 endless and and it's a type of project that allows you to to do like like the ghost homage and just yeah you, you can do whatever you want basically <laughs> going back to immortal hulk in my read now because i have a a, now have a daughter and that the opening scene in immortal hulk is this yeah this scene of uh a a guy sticking up uh, robbing a gas station like quick mart and he kills the cash the cashier and he kills a 12 year old girl and that hit me so much harder now than it did before. Now I, I imagine you probably had a, a similar reaction thinking about, yeah. well, automatically I, yeah. I think about my daughter, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. It's, it's impossible not to that. That's what art uh, does if, if done correctly. So yeah, it's like super relatable and it's, it's heartbreaking and it's super dark and, I'm 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 all for it. <laughs> I'm I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, Ryan. That scene because it, to me, it's same thing. And I think it's, I mean, similar, same reasons. Um, but I noticed a pattern within the first 
I want to say four issues. I, I could, I mean, you could probably make the case for all of these issues that each each issue features a problem that is being solved the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, because like right away, Al Ewing starts this book with the the metaphor in a mirror, where he says there are two people in every mirror, and then it's like it's very mm-hmm. much like creating this like okay, you can make the wrong choice or you can make the right choice. In the first issue, we have a guy who is coming down on luck, like bad luck, bad times. He doesn't have the money to pay this gang, essentially, uh, for protection. So he decides to rob a bank and then he gets himself into even more trouble. In the second issue, we get the the guy who runs into the the, the church and asks for the, like the last rites. And it's again, he went to the, he did the wrong thing. Like he, he's like, he, he's, forcing this priest to like you know come with him he's freaking out he ends up killing his girlfriend yeah the the third that that's that's the third one i i believe the second one is the doctor uh yes the second one's the doctor yeah who was his dad yeah who like the doctor who who tries to essentially cure not cure but like he he realizes that his son is going to be the successful football player and he's just like you know it, you can only take a beating so long and he's yeah. like and i want my son to be you know okay mm. and so he tries to use gamma to essentially power him up and make sure that you know he doesn't get damaged and then the story continues you get you get one bad action like each time it's like yeah i see a problem and i'm gonna try to fix it but i they go about it the wrong way or they go about it in a way that's not necessarily the ethical choice yeah and it's it's such an interesting like dynamic yeah, because exactly. you have the hulk who is like a hero but is he a hero um it's like he is a monster and it's no, like, that, that, or yeah. is he both? Or is he both? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. L- like, uh, it, it can get like super deep, yeah. super fast. Um, basically, it's like a reflection on on the nature of guilt and and uh, how how you can be innocent but make all the the wrong choices. And you, in in the middle, it's it's hard to to pinpoint a, a specific time but in the middle of that uh, process you go from victim to a person who creates uh, other victims so uh you're innocent until you're guilty uh but then you have like hulk which is like a a justice uh imparting demon that takes like justice in into his own hands but not right either so it's like morally uh, complex. The story is morally complex, and the characters are morally complex. And it's not—it's so good to to break apart from the from the typical like this person is good, like all good, and this person is bad, like all bad. So that's one of the things that I I really like about the story, about the complexity of all the characters and how dark. Like uh, it's so the the ambience is so oppressive and so so dark and the 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 sadness, so it's incredibly interesting for me and there's so much to to talk and discuss about it that you you could go on for forever. So that's what I I was so drawn to to the story. Actually. Yeah, and I think that that moral complexity like comes to a head towards the end of this arc where we get in issue five we get the the reporter who's kind of following the hulk we start to learn why she's following the hulk or why she's like you know taking such a strong interest but like when she finally confronts the hulk and she's like i have questions like you you did something and i have questions um like and it ends up being that you know hulk Mm. pretty much 
destroyed his her neighborhood and like family mm-hmm. and she like she out of all the questions that she could ask him not it's not why or how like it's it's how do i become like you and like that is to me like the, yeah. the thesis of this like book where it's like i like people are trying to seek justice but like rather than just like getting the closure that they want they want more like they want to yeah feel power because they think that they can do better exactly yeah like like in the, in the first issue the the hulk asks the the guy i don't remember his name the the guy who shot these people in the gas station like uh he 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 says something like uh, for a moment you have like all the power and what what did you do with that what did you do with that power because in a way uh, the comic characters are like uh, um, a reflection or, or a an, an allegory for mm-hmm. for having power and what you do with that power and um how how fa- how, how fast uh, that power can corrupt you basically it's it it it's so hard for for one person or a, or a group of, of people to have so 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 much power they can destroy uh, cities they can destroy uh, towns uh, they can destroy people's lives and 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 li- like moving a finger you you can destroy like a whole town yeah. for example uh so it's like what do you do when you have first of all why do you want uh so much power and what do you plan to do with that responsibility it's horrifying actually it's it's terrible there there's no good outcome with that premise before we move on from that theme, I think the other thing too to question and to, to ask ourselves is like, what does that power look like? Like what, what kind of power are we talking about? Because I think, I think it's issue four where we get Walter Legowski kind of coming in and he tells us his story, his origin story. And you see like him being like, Oh, I'm a jock who was Bruce Banner's like roommate. Right. Um, and, and like Bruce Banner yeah. gets mad mm-hmm. like at Walter because Walter's like, Oh, I want to study gamma. Like, theory and gamma like radiation and like yeah <laughs> bruce is like no you can't have that too like you already have your power like you know stay in your lane and i it was yeah, weird exactly. rereading this because i was like why is he mm. so upset about like you know this guy also like sharing this this interest yeah. and it's as like you know you continue reading you're like oh it's the power like he's like you are popular like you don't need to have more power like you don't get to have this too yeah science is my thing yeah you you can't have that right but in this case like science is the power whereas in his mind in bruce banner's mind it's it's like oh he's got power through being like super strong and like being athletic in the first issue that guy's power is holding the gun and it's 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 fascinating yeah Uh, and actually uh, uh, the sasquatch walter lankowski he actually wants to turn into a type of hulk and be better than than the real than the actual hulk you know that he thinks he will do better with that power well not just that but he's like i can i can take him down my hulk can take him down like maybe that's like i'll be able to control it unlike yeah, you yeah exactly i believe that if i had that power i would be better than all the the rest of the people that that wasn't able to to handle that power yeah it's it it it's always about um you shouldn't aspire to have that amount of power because 
it 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 won't bode well basically you're speaking too much logic <laughs> so, i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to mute you for a while a uh, couple of just things i was thinking about as we were talking about this you know the, the consequences of everything the way that hulk deals with these problems you know we're talking about that but like the there's simp there's a simple shot of after hulk goes after the shooter from that first issue and he's the the shooter is is in in the hospital bed he may never wake up but there's such a simple shot of his wife crying holding their daughter and like the consequences of these actions and yes the man was wrong and all these it's just like these cascading awful things yeah. that go on and on and on and every one of the steps and what you were saying jazz it was just like every, these are all bad decisions yeah exactly. it's just mm-hmm. like there's there's no there's no good path through all this. We're just following these stories and seeing how they go. It's just it's, it's yeah. riveting, riveting uh, stuff. Uh, and, and and you don't you don't uh, you don't solve a, a a wrong with more wrong. You know exactly. it, that doesn't work yeah. that way. Like like I said, like what Hulk does, it might look like satisfying in a way, but it's it's not satisfying. Like, like you have one person that destroys like three lives and you, you go and destroy that person, but you just created like more sadness, more problems, uh, more, more problems, yeah. more tragedy. That person has a family and people who, people who will miss him and, and she, uh, a daughter who will grow up without that father. So it's like adding more and more problems and and sadness it, it gives it's so much further to 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 think about so i think that's what art should do it, it's it's really it's good powerful simple storytelling but you know i don't mean simplistic but no I mean, no it's really exactly. like it's elegantly done yeah it exactly. can be it can be interpreted as very simple like if you're yeah. if you're reading this book it like it's it on a surface level, very straightforward. Yeah, but exactly. As like you dig into these themes, you di- dig into these patterns, you're starting to notice like, oh man, like, and one of the, my favorite things about this run, um, I didn't like realize it until much later because uh, I didn't jo- jump into this until a lot later into the, the the run, but was the fact that Al Ewing was using Tumblr to kind of share his like ideas and inspiration on like mm. mortality, on like, you know, different, you know, religious uh, imagery to kind of like help shape his stories or like mythology. And it's, it was really fascinating to see what he was kind of like being drawn to or like what inspired him um, and what he was using as reference in his stories. Um, I highly recommend people go back to those archives uh, if you want to make your way through this, because it's, it's such a cool, like, like not everything is used obviously, but it's just cool to see where his brain was at at the time of writing this. Um, But the other thing I was going to say is like, we were talking about like, the, the person doing the wrong thing or making a bad decision or trying to solve an issue poorly. Um, and it's like, it, he really put this like spin, especially for this book on like the idea of like monster of the week, because like, yes, like there is a main monster, which is the Hulk, but like the real monster in each one of these issues is someone else. And like, yeah. it's yeah. very twilight zoney where it's like, yeah, oh, exactly. it's not an actual monster. It's just a human yeah, that that's one of the things I I, I really love about it. it. It's it feels like like a, a, an old timey sci fi, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like like, like Twilight Zone. It, it has that ambience, that gravitas, uh, but but it's it's simple, but it's super dark, and it's like uh, uh, dark and cozy, if you know what I mean. 
it's mm-hmm. it's familiar um it's familiar but it's dark and depressing and and you just you, you just want to keep reading about it you you, you just want to go on um and it uh, it makes you feel sad but it's also so satisfying to to explore all the the complex issues that are presented in the form of monsters and stuff like that that that's why it's a it great uh, it's great uh, as, as an allegory and uh, as, a, as a metaphor i don't know i, I just i i love the I, i've always been a, a huge fan of of the twilight zone like i also discovered uh, the twilight zone like i don't know like i was like like seven or, or something like that and i was a huge fan and i'm still a huge fan uh i i think it defined the the next 100 years uh, of yeah. of of tv and 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 movie and just and storytelling movies. yeah um and it has that that as you guys said it's simple but not simplistic it's simple yet elegant and and uh, it doesn't it, it doesn't have to 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 have like too many moving parts if if it has too many moving parts you you get lost in in, in the sauce and it's also building a much bigger story so it's you have yes. like the episodes but the episodes are also uh parts of a of a much grander uh scheme so yeah i mean it's it's fantastic it's fantastic um obviously the the book is is also just wonderful horror in a number of ways there's one sequence in this reread that really like connected with me where we as we're seeing uh bruce's father brian exhibited through sasquatch and through these these things that he's seeing and he just he he's brian says little monster and then hulk terrified look and in small font daddy i was like oh that's so it 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 is just so upsetting and riveting because you know there has been these the years of stories of abuse and even we get glimpses of that and it's just what that that does that affects this incredibly powerful scary character it just turns everything on its on its head and pushes us forward in another direction it's it's good comics yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, i'm sure we've all been in a situation in which um you you listen to someone or or you see someone doing something and it reminds you to a very bad experience you've had in the past you know mm-hmm. like we can go back to issue 3 uh for a for a, a perfect example of I was uh, just about to bring this up yeah. of of what uh, one event is seen uh, through many different people and all those people we have a completely different impression of that event so, uh, that's also extremely interesting the exploration through the the style the exploration of the different point points of view uh from characters that are observing or participating in, in an event it's amazing that's uh, another thing that just blew my mind when, when i first when i read it um even if you're seeing the the same stuff we are going to have might be big or might be like super uh, small variations um mm-hmm. on 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 our rec- recollection of what whatever happened uh 
but that's also uh, as an element in in the writing and the art uh, i think it's fantastic the 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 method the the resource uh, it's it's great I'm, i'm glad you brought this up because this is a, this is what i wanted to I wanted to talk about this before we wrapped up uh talking about immortal hulk but like Because this issue is special. Issue three is special because of what you just said. Like, but only, but also because it's sold very well. It's like we're getting three different perspectives. Each one is drawn by a different artist. And like, the thing that I, I that I I couldn't get over after rereading it was like how not only are we getting different perspectives and how they interpret it, but they are like coming at it in different directions, right? Like, they they are looking at it, you know, as in how does this affect me? The first one is the police and how he's looking at it in a very heroic way. He's yeah, like, exactly. yeah, like, you know, we like this was a monster we had to put down. And like yeah. when we get the bartender, immediately the bartender's talking about Bruce Banner. And he's not talking about how like this guy looks sketchy and like I'm calling a cop. He's talking about how like I don't want this junkie shooting up in my bathroom because uh, I own a bar. I'm, I'm running a business. We get the the, the old woman, uh, the old lady who is essentially like just drooling over this like football player like yeah. she's just like yeah like wow he just looks like james dean like what a <laughs> what a heartthrob like he's so sweet like and how she coats her story based off of that and then finally we get the priest who's like he's looking at it as like oh my god demons like like these are all possessions like i can't help this kid like and, it's, and it's also it's great because it's also like, like a, a a storytelling device but it's also great to to have different Uh, call outs uh, like um, callbacks uh, to different mm -hmm. times of or in comic book uh, history you know like yes. like uh, that that works so well it, and that's also part of of the cozy part that i that i talked about uh, earlier like um in one issue you experience a type of of story like like uh, the twilight zone and here you have like old styles of comics you know yeah uh things that you would read you know when you were like really young and and you have like dark dark sides and and very romantic uh, comics yes that was my favorite marguerite's like <laughs> marguerite's section it's just, Raj, yeah. it's just so good All right, Martin, uh, before we let you go, uh, I want to talk to you about what you've been working on. We kind of talked a little bit about Deadpool. What's that been like? Um, fantastic. I had so much fun working on Deadpool. Um, I just completed the the first arc. Uh, it was five amazing uh, issues. Mm -hmm. And now I'm uh, I've been moved to, to a different project, which is Ooh. absolutely fantastic. I can't <laughs> yeah i i can't uh, right now i can't uh talk about it but i just uh, i think people are going to be like like surprised and and pleasantly surprised of what's coming what a tease i can't <laughs> wait yeah <laughs> yeah i mean I, i'm i'm uh I, i've been waiting for so long uh to to see the re the the release the announcement but Yeah, I'm I'm hoping it's it's soon enough. I'm I'm really hoping it's soon enough. Our listeners can't see you your face obviously because this is an audio podcast, but I want people to know that as he's telling us this, like he is cheesing hard. Like he's like Martin, you are so excited <laughs> for this. I can just see it in your face. You're like, "Oh yeah. my god, this is so amazing." Yeah. Like <sighs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I'm super super excited. Like like I'm honestly <laughs> like honestly honestly just 
e extremely excited about it. Like I can't wait for people to to know what's what we're cooking. But it's big. It's Hell big. Yeah. It's huge. Can't wait. Well, thank you so much, Martin, for joining us. This was amazing. Thanks for bringing this book to us. Yeah. Yeah, I had, I had a, a great time. A great, great, great time. Thank you for having me. And let's let do this again sometime in the future. Big thanks once again to Martin for coming on and being just awesome and wonderful and cool and, and giving great insight and perspective on, on Immortal Hulk. And... Uh, Y'all get excited for what so Martin excited. is working on next. I'm it's, so pumped. Yeah. So we're, we're, we'll be talking about that in the future. Don't you worry about that. Yeah. But right now, we got to get out of here. This episode of Marvel's Pull List was produced by Ryan Panagos and Jasmine Estrada. Brad Barton is Pull List Senior Manager of Audio Production and Development. Jill DeBoff is our Director of Audio. Make sure to email us over at pullist at marvel.com. You can also tweet at us using the hashtag MarvelPullList. Uh, also... Great, subscribe and tell a friend about the show. Um, give us those five stars. It really helps us out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, for more information and full quote of the week contest rules, go to marvel.com slash pull list quote rules. Terms and conditions apply. Open to U.S. residents 18 and up. Marvel Insider is open to U.S. residents 18 plus only. Terms apply. Visit marvel.com slash insider to join or sign in to answer the Marvel's pull list quote of the week. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jocelyn. And this is Marvel. Your universe. Here comes the Powie.